Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One, two, one, two. You um, played his test last night when we played SmackDown 2, funnily enough. Oh, is this how we start in the podcast? Maybe. I, couldn't uh, believe, I just couldn't believe you picked uh, test. I was like, of all the wrestlers, I was, whoa, I was cheeky whoa, Undertaker. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's set the record straight Go here on. by also saying, welcome to the UPP. <laughs> My name is Jules Gill, and I am here in person with the yeah. one and only Scott Tailford. That is right, my friends. It is time for a live in-person edition oh. of everyone's favorite morning uh, radio show. It's the egg and the quiff back again in person. Let's go. It's the egg and the side spike. I it was yeah. modeled after Sonic the Hedgehog, but there's only so much you can do to maintain when but the hair gets long. Bring it back around to what you were saying yes. with uh, Test. We went to a lovely gaming bar last night in Newcastle because, yes, I'm up for a little bit to shoot some fun stuff with what culture. Mm-hmm. And we thought that we'd do the UBP in person and have a few drinks and chill out yeah. last night. Hence why we sound a little bit rough. And we went to <laughs> what's called no N60. N- the thing is, we mentioned this, me and Josh mentioned this last week because we were in there last week when yeah. it opened. We're still not, we're not sponsored by I'm not asking for a sponsorship, <laughs> but it's just funny because we keep ending up in this one barcade that's in Newcastle upon Tyne <laughs> in the northeast of England because they've got a nice selection of games in there and they, they had Smackdown 2 on a PS1 on a chipped PS1 a no, no, nice nice and legal right there <laughs> for you fellas um, so uh, I played as Test because Test was one of the greatest undersung WWF at the time oh. wrestlers because he was huge he was um, as to coin the phrase that the uh, OSW use a lot he was okay. Roydy Magoo um, he was <laughs> full of the uh, testosterones hence the name I assume actually I no, was, no, I, no, you're going to break was, my mind for a second. No, no, no. It's because of the fact that he was uh, meant to be a roadie for Motley Crue. That was his original thing. And yeah. he would come out uh, to stage and say, test, test, test. And that's why his right. name is Test. Yeah. That's cool. Because yeah. when I was when I was younger, we were talking about this last night, I didn't remember that Prince Albert, I didn't realise that Prince Albert <laughs> was, a, big was a Prince Albert. Yeah, it was just a massive <laughs> penis. And so as I got older, I was like, that was staring me in the face the entire time. Just didn't realise back when I was like six or whatever. That And, and there was a bit where um, uh, they kept on calling Test's fans testicles. And yes. so um, we had... That. Trish Stratus saying, oh, I love my testicles. And it was like, and then they formed TNA. And it's, <sighs> like, it's like, seriously, that that three-person power group right there was the most puerile and playground comedy. It's like that was Vince McMahon uh, completely at his worst. Or well, that uh, was like the uh, with recent uh, with recent. Uh, well, yeah, that was before it was being able to maybe be, not the worst thing he's yeah. Done. It was able to be publicly Jeez. proved. But yeah. It's just the Ratchet and Clank naming convention as a wrestling tag team, just yeah, yeah. innuendos. Um, but anyway, the entire part of the podcast, we always ask for whatever you'd like us to talk about. We did a massive. Um, we got I've got a massive set of questions last week, so I thought I'd just roll those over. 
were. Um, because like you said, we had so much uh, recording and stuff to do this week anyway, and we had so many questions to still get to at the end of last week. So mm-hmm. um, we'll still get through as many questions as we can. They're always gaming related. It could be anything, though. It could be food stuff. It could be whatever people want us to talk sure, about. Yeah, yeah. And we'll see what comes up. So the first one is from Lego Brick, which I didn't realize was Lego Brick. Oh, yeah, I yeah. Saw it written down a few more times, and I was like, oh, I see what you've done. He says, food hill to die on. Yorkshire puddings called popovers in America, apparently. Just learned that recently. I didn't know that, that I, they have Yorkshire puddings I will all. pop over to America <laughs> and teach them how to say it right then, because I'm, be not even, right I'm not even from Yorkshire, but I feel slightly sort of like my heckles are raised. <laughs> I would have thought it would be like a pop through, because they sort of like, they rise, like the, the ring stays the same and it pops up. Like you know, a, yeah. It doesn't really pop over. At the end of the day, I'm just glad that we're getting pop to up. share this cuisine with the rest of the world, because <laughs> it's, it, America's got some funny takes on uh, British cuisine, because they true. always say, oh, it's all just brown and grey slop, and yes, that's true, we do live in a monochrome <laughs> world, but at the same time... We do eat our weather. Yeah, we do We do come up with some really decent stuff every once in a while, like beans on toast. I keep... Uh, this is my hill to die on. Beans on toast is a great <laughs> breakfast uh, tradition. If you don't, if you don't want to get on board the beans on toast train, mm. then... Get out of the station. I, I can be on board with this. Have you, do you, or where do you come down on the sauce on beans potential ah, right. revolution? Do you mean in the sense of like, okay, you've got your beans on toast yep. uh, and then you decide to add in like brown sauce. You're going to crisscross you... it. You're going to crisscross it with some no, brown sauce. I have no issue with that okay. whatsoever because it's like when you're eating a full English, you usually have True. some sauce on the side and you have beans and toast in that mm-hmm, and you usually mm-hmm. use it to mop up the sauce or the eggy residue that's left over from there. There's a way so, to be. Yeah, I, I'm totally on board with that. Mm-hmm. But, if you're going to make beans on toast, do it right. Don't just buy like a <laughs> tin of beans, slop it on there and call it a day. Like well, Scott says, sauce is fine. Add in a bit of salt and pepper. Season that thing. Put a bit of chilli powder in there. Whoa. A little bit of spice. Like bring it to life because oh, you're sitting powder. down in the morning, mm. right? And you want to have a good time. True. No one wants to have a bad breakfast. If you have a bad breakfast, it's likely you're going to have a bad day. Most important so do meal yourself of the day. a favour and take the extra 15 seconds and make that <laughs> beans on toast into a winner. I will throw in here, because um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm known for sort of tweaking things. I might have oh, said yeah, yeah, in the yeah, past yeah, that yeah. you put cereal on a glass of milk instead of oh, a bowl. And, then, and it, then it was in an ad campaign. And then it was, and they so listened. Somebody used it. What was they, it? They, it was in the Kellogg's thing. They did a tweet and I was just like, <laughs> this is me, this. I mean, I didn't originate it, but like, whatever. Um, I definitely talked about it anyway. Um, beans on toast, bagels. You want to get beans on bagels? We did. We actually popularized this in the Watt Culture offices because mm. we used to get a weekly shop brought in by them, and it's the true. bagels would be part of that. And we would have bagels and beans on toast, and that was a winner. It's incredible. Winner. I would. Uh, I would. Uh, the, the spongier the bread, the better. Although, to be did you ever actually look at the back of like the bagels packages and oh. look at the sort of energy and calorie intake on that, mate? <laughs> each each bagel is apparently the same as eating four slices of bread. Yeah, you, I mean, I guess if you I mean, stacked it's, it together. It's thick. It's a thick boy. It's a thick boy. boy. But at the same time, though, <laughs> I was a bit like, oh, no wonder I'm finding it uh, very hard to shift these love handles. Because <laughs> I'm literally eating an entire baker's dozen each time I open my gob. Just a <laughs> bread roll with some oh, peas man. in. It was, like, it was a quite a depressing moment because the bagels on toast dream kind of died there for mm. me, but still. If so. you can make it work, then the old uh, the old bagels and beans is a hell of a combo. Yeah. I love that we've got half a sentence into the UBP. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, Not yeah, even yeah, a yeah. question, yeah, but yeah. we'll see how we go. So uh, Lego Brick says, food hilt to die on Yorkshire puddings, cold popovers in America. <clears throat> Excuse me, apparently just learned this recently. Deserve pride of place on all Sunday dinners slash roasts, not just with beef, which is apparently the rule. Also on Christmas dinner. Thoughts? 
oh, this, who, this is, who made this rule saying that you can only have Yorkshire puddings with the beef? Like, get out of town. <clears throat> if you're going to be that sort of square, then just go down the farmer's market. I've never heard this before. Wanna... Who, who is, who's, who's meat regulating Yorkshire? Who, what, who, what meatist individual insists on not? Who, what, so where did this even come from? <laughs> right there is coming around there and he's like, Puck it. what's that thing meat you use? Meat flapper. The, do you remember the, um, the thermometers you put in to check the temperature yes. of meat? Uh-huh. Like, he's, he's poking that into your business. <laughs> Leave that alone. You put that Yorkshire pudding wherever you want. There's no you, wrong. You There's just... no right. I've seen people, again, going back to the beans thing, mm-hmm. fill a Yorkshire pudding full of beans and that's been their Dinner. I'm and not doing I'm, that. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Go on. I would try it. I, I would try, try it. I, I mean, I like the whole sausage casserole with Yorkshire puddings. Like that. Mm-hmm. Any, that's really good. You can't really go wrong with Yorkshire puddings as long as it's mm-hmm. any meat that you can put into it. Cut it in half. You the cut Yorkshire pudding in half and put the stuff into like the semicircle of loveliness, and then you eat that, and you can't really go wrong. There was like a um a French cuisine gaming podcast. Let's go on. I know, right? But yeah. it, it was there's like a French cuisine where you cut the top off of a loaf of freshly baked bread. You pull yes. out the inside. You fill it with cheese Done that. or something like, like yep. that. I think that's it. Might be in an American tradition. I don't know, but, it, but it's like I th- I'm going to say French because sounds classic. Okay. And the thing is, it's like, what's Garlic the difference between that mm-hmm. and doing the exact same, but with a Yorkshire pudding as the base instead of that? Mm. Somehow that's wrong, according to the meathead. There is that one where you get like a loaf of bread and you sort of dice the top of it, like you sort of crisscross it, and then you put yeah. cheese into the gaps. Is that Hasselback? Is that what you call Maybe. that Hasselback? Potatoes is when you do that with like slices and then you put stuff in the middle of it. Oh, that. I'm just thinking it's just bread with cheese and then you you bake it and it becomes like tear and share and you just like, you like oh. pick up the cubes. I think that's why I mentioned garlic because you put garlic in amongst that stuff with the cheese and everything. I've just realised that you and I have not had breakfast this morning. We've not. I, I'm starving now. I'm, I'm, thinking, I'm, thinking, thinking, I'm not eating this uh, sponsor by Greg's. No, I'm not, not at all. I wish I'm not, not going to be uh, eating that on the podcast. We, I was going to bring, I had a coffee and I don't have it with me, but we've just sort of stumbled into the studio That's after tragic. playing <laughs> playing stuff. I sit until... here with my large coffee, sipping it oh, in your just, face, mate. I can smell it. I mean, it's right there. I just, I've just got to get on with my day. But anyway, um, Legal Brick um, initially asked the question about Yorkshire puddings. They should be everywhere. Just go eat Yorkshire puddings. Yep. And then said, um, also, which game has actually succeeded in the games as a service model? I can only really think of Dead by Daylight, constantly adding new characters and maps, mm-hmm. enough to eat Easily make two sequels with only ex- that only ex- sorry that only charge extra if you want them. Um, very very few games I feel have have managed to make this work. Warframe um, would Fortnite. Uh, what so uh, when you say games as a live service, are mm. we counting free to play model games? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well then, Rocket League. Yeah, um, Rocket League totally. I mean, um, they've just they changed their pricing model over time to be free to play. Like yes. it went free to play. But as a live service, you're constantly mm. getting rewards and seasonal changes and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So I do think that's good. Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess you could maybe count the Call of Duty Warzone stuff. Um, like, in Oh, the, you could do the Battle Royale one. Yeah, yeah. Totally. yeah. I, I feel like that was very, very popular and still is. Yeah, man, fact, yeah. People are still saying that, because I, I I, have actually dropped off of the Call of Duty um, thing at the moment. I played, I played was, like the multiplayer, was, but not Battle Royale. Warzone was part of one of the mainline entries and then got its own spin-off, didn't it? Like, it's, the, it's a standalone release. Yes, so they sort of like, well, they, they'd initiated Blackout, which was their initial Battle Royale thing. Oh, okay. And then yeah. that didn't really go down very well. Then they rebooted it and did Warzone, which became the standalone battle royale yes. thing but you still access it from the same launcher like it's still inside the call of duty launcher okay. so yeah so and then they've released a new one recently that people didn't like uh well no warzone is still going well they, they released vanguard which was like last vanguard, year's main that's game that's what it was yeah yeah so i'm just getting a bit confused with all of the releases on that <laughs> but then one. they changed like yeah they changed the maps they try and like keep everything going in terms of the battle royale side of it so when vanguard came out and it was world war ii themed then it was like world war ii weapons and i'm sure they did map tweaks for the warzone mm-hmm. stuff but they're all kind of separate but warzone is free to play so that will okay. be classed as a live 
service game. Then I would count that as my. It's pick weird because well. I I love how much No Man's Sky is going, and I know that that's not a live service game in as much as it's, it doesn't have a monetization model other than your like buy-in. It's a unit price, like mm-hmm. you can buy it once, mm-hmm. you get everything. But the amount of um, content that Hello Games have put out is ludicrous. Like they would have, they could have made five games at this point. Like mm-hmm. I mean, I was just I was looking last night on Twitter, and um, there's like sixteen DLC packs now, and they're all yeah. like huge, and it's like that game is completely being overhauled and everything. Um, but yeah, I think there's a handful that do it right. Um, it's just that the ones that do it wrong stand out so much more, yeah. like the Avengers, the Anthems, yeah. whatever. The Avengers um, one is especially is egregious just because <clears throat> of the fact that it was the post-tweaking and nerfs to make the grind even longer because they yeah. didn't have the end content um, created, ready to go. Mm-hmm. And it's like, once you become... Once you the, the curtain gets drawn back and you can see the end game and mm. you can just see that you are trapped in an endless cycle and there's no real progression. Mm. Like at the end of the day, every single game does devolve into get better loot to fight harder enemies to get better loot. And that just keeps <laughs> it going and going again. There's no real end game to it. You just get locked in that cycle. Mm-hmm. But some games make it so apparent that it's just like, what's the point? Like, well, that's what? the thing. It's like the more you make, me and Benji used to talk about this, like the magic of video games in as much as you didn't used to be able to see the statistics. Mm-hmm. So it's like now when you tell me I'm doing 30 damage and it pops off a guy, like an actual visual of like a number coming off, all the numeracies of gaming, for me, it can take the magic out of it. It's not yeah. that I don't enjoy watching life bars go down, but I think there is like a, there's a flow to not treating games Gaming like a spreadsheet. Well, um, like, that's uh, why I absolutely adore how uh, Monster Hunter approaches mm. its way that enemies get weaker physically. You've got to read their animations. And and it's like they, uh, depending on when you attack them, they will limp, they'll move mm-hmm. in different ways. So you're attacking different targets and parts of the monster. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's brilliant because that's visual gameplay storytelling. Yeah. And I don't need a health bar to tell me I'm doing well. I know you I'm can doing see well it. because I'm seeing it happen in I'm front sure, of me. I'm um, sure the the UFC games have that. I've not played a UFC game in a few years. Well, but you can see the bruises and the bruising and, and like bloods and st- yeah. uh, bloods bloods and cuts. <laughs> and uh, they have like a stamina bar, so you know when a guy's going to get gassed. Yeah. And like I mean, the old Fight Night games, I think always had stamina bars and not health bars. And I still, I still absolutely adore Fight Night Round Three. Absolute yes, king, king. The man. thing is, why I, I I don't know if it's just me. I love 360 slow motion cams. Give me. 360 yeah. freeze frame cams whatever Fight Night had that the knockouts in Fight Night yeah. which is so next level and they're not in the new boxing games they're not yeah. in the new UFC games like I want to knock a dude out in UFC and freeze frame on my heel coming through his face yeah, yeah. and show me that stuff like I always just wanted to see that that was like never do. one of the uh, things that the fight uh, not the Fight Club video game actually got right. <laughs> and I, I know, a bit, a bit of, Fred Durst's own Fight a Club. A bit of a weird take, this yeah. one, but it's sometimes you would get like the close-up of like the X-ray shots of it connecting them, right. breaking the jaw of the person. Oh, cool, there. like Mortal Kombat. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it was like... They did it nearly every round, whereas Mortal uh, Kombat did the fatalities that were like the brutality style. Thing. Yeah, there was the X-ray ones. Whereas and this stuff one, too. you didn't know when it was going to happen. It was just like, oh, that's just connected and really that's cool. a lot of damage. Yeah. I remember the old uh, Tenshu Z had that that's as the well. The one I was also thinking of. I couldn't remember. It was I'm the so dude. Glad you um, remember that. I want to say it's called Tetsuo, but I think I don't think that was his name. It began with a T, I think. And um, there was the third character you could unlock, the guy yeah. that was all like the anesthetist guy who yeah. could like stick needles in people and like uh, kill them or whatever. And then he would just reach into people and break their bones oh, somehow. Crazy, crazy. But because it was in X-ray vision, you were just like, did his just go like through the guy's <laughs> neck to reach his neck but um, anyway so yeah uh, live service stuff whatever I said Dead by Daylight um, next uh, question from Morgan Eyes Only mm-hmm. who says why isn't there a Sleeping Dogs 2 or any game similar there was a Sleeping Dogs 2 it was in development um, yeah, it got canned I forget why I, there was a whole thing where they started spinning off the Sleeping Dogs IP to be an MMO yep. and then they put all the money or they put increased amounts of money into the MMO to the point where it just starved Sleeping Dogs 2 yeah. but if you google Sleeping Dogs 
talks to, there is a whole concept doc of what that game was going to be. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it was a co-op thing. Like one person was Wei Shen and someone else was someone else. Which and sounds incredibly cool, but also very man. ambitious to the mm. point. Like Sleeping Dogs was already quite an ambitious game mm-hmm. for a uh, developer that... Uh, let's face it, doesn't necessarily, is not known for open world um, action RPG style. Like, like the only thing they did, like United Fronts, they've gone now. I mean, like yeah. they did that one game, <laughs> that was it. But I adored Sleeping Dogs. Oh, dude, I perfect. think the combat mechanics were amazing. I enjoyed exploring the city. Mm-hmm. I thought that the vibe and the tone of it was fantastic. Like that sort of Hong Kong cop, cop thriller yes. style thing is not explored enough, no. I feel, in uh, modern gaming. Totally. And I feel like there is a space for it. I just don't know who's going to step up to the plate and do it. Well, the thing is, I, I went back through Sleeping Dogs and it was just last night uh, last night last yeah, yeah. The whole last just night, yeah. you up in, in between, I, was, between I found Sleeping Dogs on a different <laughs> console and uh, but yeah I went through that last year because I was just like we've got time to kill it's the lockdown and so I went back through Sleeping Dogs and that game holds up like really really mm-hmm. well like, yes it has the Arkham combat model but it just plays so well like I said like you said um, everything about the tone the setting the idea of being it's like it's point break like it's yeah. you're yeah, undercover yeah, yeah, no yeah. one like trying to find you uh, who you really are and everything um, still would massively recommend Sleeping Dogs I remember it's uh, PS4 and Xbox One version was really buggy when it first launched they've patched that it just oh, it just works good. nicely now it's like good. a nice 60 fps frame rate whatever um yeah go play sleeping dogs um but yeah that team united front um stands to be a bit off more than they could chew and i well I, I think i remember the killing blow came from square enix they just didn't want to keep what funding a surprise. it what a surprise i know and so like there was that whole thing um, but yeah, Sleeping Dogs overall is just such an incredible game. I had a great idea for a piece of um, off-brand merchandise for Square mm. Enix, which just says um, underperformed on a t-shirt, because that's what <laughs> they keep on saying happens to all of their latest games. It's like, uh-huh. unfortunately, it underperformed, even though it sold like 3 million units. Unfortunately, it underperformed. Well, Deus Ex, it underperformed. It's like it's like, the, uh, they, they, these games are selling so well. Your problem is, mate, yes. is that you keep on putting the price tag of your uh, game's uh, value all the way up because mm-hmm. you sink so much money into pointless stuff. But it's also, it's nearly always their Western division as well, which is now the like, wing of the company they, they're trying to get rid of, where it's like, it was always like Hitman underperformed, Deus Ex underperformed, Tomb Raider underperformed. Yeah. Um, it's just that whole thing. So I'm just like, I don't know, because I know at the minute they're trying to consolidate a lot of their assets and it seems like they're going to get bought by someone, but they want to focus on Japanese games, which is cool. They yeah. nail their Japanese output yeah. and that's what I love them for. But like, yeah, it just seems like things like Sleeping Dogs was could have clearly been an awesome IP. Like it's a great one-off and yeah. like you could have done more with it and like even now like you said no one's taken advantage of that more eastern focused thriller stuff other than Yakuza which has only gotten bigger over time anyway yeah exactly Um, which leads very oh actually uh, Morgan said any game similar um, uh, Yakuza Yakuza and like I guess if you have access to it the old true crime games it's that time of the year your vacation is coming up you can already hear the beach waves feel the warm breeze relax and think about work You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. 
With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Because it's yeah. like, uh, I'm sure. Dog. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure Sleeping Dog like, started as True Crime Hong yeah, Kong. Yeah, it was. Like, like it's, that. it's precursor. Um, I used to love the, the old uh, True Crime games, even though there's that bit in the first one where it's all demonic and it goes, it makes no sense. Yeah, so that bit is where you track down one of the main bosses mm-hmm. um, and then it goes into his lair and then all of a sudden you're floating flying eyeball demons yep. and it's like, this was not what I was expecting. <laughs> and then you find a giant sense. dragon and then you're like, oh, A freaking dragon, Jules. Oh, freaking dragon. Four, four spoken, is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> Let me just talk to this cuff for a second. Hold on. Let's just uh, pull one out for Forspoken's <laughs> latest trailer, guys. I mean, it is it is not doing well. It's doing the rounds. Marketing and... bot 101 oh. was hired for that. It's um, hopefully there's hopefully there's meat to that game because the, the marketing thing is, is like, do you know what? I want this game to turn itself around and prove itself with the gameplay department yes. that it can be great. Because at the end of the day, I'm just putting it out there. Be a bit a bit of devil's advocate. Sometimes protagonists in other games could do with like being saying less or saying less cringy yeah. stuff because I'm just saying Nathan Drake says a lot of stuff that is a bit annoying oh, sometimes. That's, that's, um, a, that's a spicy take. That he's because everyone's like, oh, he's got a quip for every occasion. Yeah. He's got a quip for every occasion. <laughs> like just chill out, mate. They do that in a, they break him down in Uncharted Four though. They, they get do. him to be like, dude, do. shut up. But, but in uh, especially two, my yeah. god, everything you do, he's like, whoa, that was close, bro. It's like, dude. <laughs> Oh just, crap! It's like every single time oh, I like, love him, he like comes out the other side. It's like, whoa, that was close. It's just like, dude, <laughs> no one's there. Just <laughs> stop. Well. Just stop. Like there can be times where you just have a character not have to say anything. It's true. I I, I love Nate. I love Nate. So I don't mind that. I think it depends how it's done. I don't even mind the idea of a super quippy character. Like there is, you can absolutely do the whole fish out of water story that they're going yeah. for, where someone's yeah. wrenched out yeah. of New York yeah. and is suddenly in this fantastical place. It's just that the tone in the marketing is just so like, whoa, a freak. Yeah. Dragon, oh my god. They basically have gone for like it's the um Steve Buscemi Hello Fellow Kids yes. moment. Like I, I totally understand that. However, 
How else are you gonna well, write this? This like the thing is, the problem was that they decided to go down this route of the trailer. Yes. If they'd gone in a completely different way of not going like, "Hey, whoa, this is awkward." Yeah. Hey, but you're wondering how I got here. <laughs> if they just didn't do that '80s trailer style thing, or leaned been, fully into it, yeah. If they'd gone full meme factory yeah. onto it and just been like embrace the hate, like Devolver style, style or something, yeah, exactly. Then that would have actually worked in its favor mm-hmm. because they're playing this earnestly. That's going down like a. The rock. thing I have a theory, right? Because Final Fantasy or um, Final Fantasy Origin Stranger of Paradise the game that, that just came was, out oh that man, game style dialogue is, is so horrendous <laughs> but they steer so full bore into being horrendous that it, it's like okay you guys know what you you know what you know what you're doing let's yeah. assume that you know what you're doing yeah. um, and we can kind of go with it like you're it's on the face ridiculous it? it's endearing it's kind of charming it's, <laughs> it worked and so my theory if I'm going to go on their side is that they're trying that but with like a more western focused script and so yeah. they're trying to be as like meme and over the top and direct as possible and it's just the like Westerners like us are just like this is really cringy because we've seen this. We're be done cynical. To death. We're so cynical when it yeah. comes to this sort of stuff. Do you know what? If I was in charge of that trailer <laughs> and I had to just work with what I was given, right? Mm-hmm. I would have it so that it would. Um, you've seen uh, the Emperor's New Groove, haven't you? Oh my god, not for a long time. Maybe uh, when you, it first came out. Yeah. So yes. like, it, what happens in is that um, when they're talking, the free the the movie stops mm-hmm. and Cusco comes on. Cusco comes on and like starts talking to the audience. Right. I would have it so <laughs> that the dragon would be about to eat her, and then the, the game would stop and she would come on and be like so this is awkward like, like lean into how yeah, lean silly into it. it is because you turn it into like a borderland style over the top comedy mm-hmm. moment and it's like almost like clap trappy cringe comedy that's that the thing got over yeah that got over there's like yeah there's like a there's a way to write it it's the thing is it's still going to divide people i guess at some point they decided they were going to try and do maximum reach so it's like yeah. you get these yeah. sort of like marvel style it's marvel style like it's yeah. it's very marvel 101 um but if they did what you were just saying then they could do like a sit to go down the Saints Row route or the Borderlands route or whatever, which in itself can be divisive. People don't like that stuff yeah, that's necessarily. I love the old Saints Rose, but like, yeah, the way that they've tried to split the difference, which I guess they haven't, they've tried to sew it back together and be mm-hmm. like, let's just do something for everyone, Marvel yeah. style, um, isn't going down very well. Um, uh, but yeah, sorry, next- we went completely off topic with that one there. So, what was what was the original question? The original just question to make sure we, we actually answered that. Oh, it was, yeah, yeah, it was Morganize only, and um, talk about Sleeping Dogs, and then uh, any game similar to Sleeping Dogs, which is not that many if you want like an Eastern thriller other than the Yakuza games, which brings me perfectly onto okay, Dougie's question saying favorite Yakuza games. Oh, okay. So I don't know if you want to, I've got I, one of my favorite franchises, so. Zero, baby. Zero I, is the good, very good one. Honestly, um, I that was actually uh, my first entry into the Yakuza okay. series. I've done that and four, four. Four has the four protagonists. Uh, which one that goes turn turn based? That's seven. That's like a dragon. Okay, yeah. I'm, uh, so I've done ah. that and seven. Those are the only two games I've done. Unfortunately, a lot of people came in on like a dragon. I don't know why. I guess it was just because it was it had the most marketing push behind yeah, it. Yeah, and it was like let's face it, it was the most like graphically superior. It was on every yeah. console. It had like a lot of things going. And to be honest, I'm a bit of a sucker for RPGs that have mm. turn based stuff. Oh, dude. So same. when they announced that, and loads of people were like, "Whoa, I don't think I like this." I was <laughs> like, "I love this." No, I I should have loved that a lot more than I did. I couldn't get away with the fact that they just took the original like brawler engine and then made that turn based. Yeah. Yes. I wanted everyone to be like in a line, like standard turn based. Yes. And so in uh, Like a Dragon, I hated where you would like tell your dude to do something and then they have to run over to the guy and do it. Yeah. And maybe and an NPC is in again. the way yeah. or whatever. And I was just like, oh, there's like a bit of debris is in the way and it just cancels your move. And I'm yeah, like, it wasn't okay. the most refined combat no. system, but I did enjoy it. No, it's, overall. I mean, the, yeah, the overall it's great. And um, uh, Ishiban Kazuga is a phenomenal yes. like protagonist, like his whole love of Dragon Quest. That's why it's turn based, whatever. That's how he sees battles. That's so cool. But Zero is my like king because of the fact that I love the set. 
setting. I love the time period. I love the fact that you're getting introduced to a lot of threads that do sometimes get resolved in mm. other games and things like that. I love the uh, mini games that mm. are in there, especially. I cannot get over how much I love that pocket racer thing. Oh the yeah, cars. I thought that was brilliant. <laughs> like it's so fun. I mean, I, I mean that's a thing. You can. I love like because I am. I'm hopefully going to Japan eventually when like a lot of their COVID yeah. restrictions yeah, lift yeah. and everything. But I love the idea of like living in or being around like a Japanese um, like cityscape kind of thing mm-hmm. and going into all the various bars and playing the games and everything else. And you can do that in Yakuza. You can just get the food and you can go and have the, yeah. the mini games yeah. and like get some drinks and stuff. And it's really cool. Um, favorites for me, my favorite is three because that was my first one that I finished. I like played the original when it first dropped, um, but that game was so mismarketed back in like 2002 or whatever, 2004. Did it come out um, on PS2? Yes, one? but yeah. it was marketed as like, like Eastern GTA because I guess that was the only way they could think yeah. of marketing it back then. Yeah. And it just is not, that's not what it is at yep. all. Like if you go into that game wanting crime sprees and big sandboxes and stuff, it's not really that like in terms of like mechanics it's just it's just not that so yeah. I bounced off Yak 1 Yak 1 Yakuza 1 and then uh, didn't play Yakuza 2 and then I went into 3 and loved it and I loved how slow burn the start was people don't like all the stuff in the orphanage because um, it's like what if a retired Yakuza guy tried to raise like a bunch of kids yeah. I thought that was really good character building so then I loved when he got wrenched back into the life yeah. that he'd left so my favourite's actually 3 um, but yeah you can't go wrong with them 0 is a lot of people's yeah. uh, recommended one it's actually I would say it's, the, it's a good entry point 0 because <coughs> of the yes. fact that it's actually quite an easy game as mm-hmm. well. I didn't find that there was that much challenge outside of a few difficulty spikes with a few bosses, mm-hmm. but I did really enjoy my time. Plus, with like, all the stuff with Majima, like, you get, like, the other character you can play as. There's a great twist with Majima, the way he's presented and everything. Mm-hmm. You get his origin, because it's set in the 80s. Uh, um, yeah. Interestingly enough, um, I just saw uh, on the way into work yesterday mm-hmm. that the August games for the PlayStation Plus yep. are the Yakuza games. It's Kiwami 1 what... and Kiwami 2, which are the remakes of 1 and 2. Oh, well, there you go. That's Perfect. what I was just going to say, is, like, they developed a whole new game engine for Yakuza 6. It's like called the Dragon Engine, where they brought in like way more physics. So when you roundhouse a guy, he like pirouettes over which and smashes so into funny. everything, yeah, which yeah. I love. Yeah, like yeah. the combat in six is so good, and um, putting that back into one and two is like is a well. The Dragon Engine's only in Kawami two, so like yeah. Yakuza one has a great story, but it's the old engine. Yakuza Kawami two plays better, but it's the not as good of a not story. As good a story, yeah. I would say. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot going on in Yakuza. It's <laughs> like 500 hours of Yakuza stuff. Um, <laughs> now we had a question from Greg Hicks who sent us a picture of a garbage plate from Rochester, New York. I sent this to you, but it would have been last week. A garbage plate. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 it was a plate of food. So, um, oh, with all the crisscross of yeah, like, sauces. Yeah, yeah. By the way, hello, Greg. Yes, hello, Greg. Well. So um, he sent us this picture. Um, so it, was, it wasn't a question. It was just garbage plate from Rochester, New York. Yeah, well, yes or no. And there was a picture. And it was home fries. This is his list of stuff yeah. that's involved. So just picture all this together, okay, I'm, I'm if you set will. The scene, set the scene. Home fries uh, made up of fried potato cubes, mac salad, cheeseburgers, meat sauce, and assorted condiments. Now, that was all put into one mush. Now, I would take that. I would as well. If I ate meat, then that would actually sound like it's making my mouth salivate thinking about that because when we went to um, the Fat Hippo yesterday in yes. Newcastle, big shout out to shout them, up. not, sponsored, not um, sponsored, we had some of these like dirty trash fries, which actually <laughs> yeah. is the same sort of principle. It was uh, waffles with a cheesy burgery sauce on, oh, like a and then meat sprinkles, and then of bacon super everywhere. spicy as well, like a little bit of Cajun seasoning. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That sounds like a bigger version of what we ate last night, and I love that. So. Like a big disc version, like, a, di- like yeah. a dinner plate version of like a waffle fries. Now all we got to do, put it in a Yorkshire pud. 
I would take that. That's a lot of, that's a lot of uh, potato-y stuff, but you never know. Um, next question from Rhino, who says, "Do you think there's a way to write a story for an open-world game that doesn't make it lo- doesn't make it lose all its agency once the gameplay kicks in?" Bad example being Fallout Four, where you can save your son after months mm. of doing side quests. It doesn't seem like the character really cared by that point. Yes, there is a way of doing that, and that mm. is by uh, putting in time restraints, um, or you do it so that you change the open-world formula mm-hmm. into something that is uh, what you would maybe consider to be. Uh, uh, level gating mm-hmm. so um, you would have it so you would leave your point of origin and your quest mark would be clear you'd still have side quests along the way but each of them would expire once you moved into the new area so you were basically told oh, like, like go and do these few quests now mm-hmm. but here's the main quest at the end and once you do that one you get a few more side quests so it doesn't give you everything all mm-hmm. at once it mm-hmm. gives you the whole land to explore for um, maybe like uh, radiant storytelling style mm-hmm. stuff but the side quests are few mm-hmm. but Continuous and, the and rewarded with your um, main quest stuff. Mm-hmm. Better yet, Go on. you tie in your side quests to what is going on at the time in your main quest. Right. So, for example, if you're moving from point A to B, mm-hmm. and when you get to point B, there's a climactic fight between you and like an, an enemy. Mm-hmm. That enemy wins or loses, but it changes the landscape slightly. Mm-hmm. So that means the side quests have gone from people saying like, oh, good morning, can you help me kill some rats in my basement? To, oh, since you lost that war, I've now lost a supply route. Can right. you help me get that? So you're constantly being reminded by your actions oh, dude, that there cool. is an overarching main um, story that your side quests are falling back they into. They kind of have that in Ghost of Tsushima. Like, they always have the dialogue, like NPC dialogue, but like the side character dialogue always reflects how far you are in the main story. And so they, you do it. they yeah. find a great way of, like, even if you Beat, if you, even if you mainline the main story and beat the main villain um, and you haven't done any of the side stuff, every the, the, they found a way to write around that so that That's someone's cool. like, oh, my son is still missing if you can if you can find the time to help me or like whatever, yeah. um, which I really, really like. My solution to this question, I really like what you pitched. My thing would be um, changing the premise because for me, if there's like too much of an impetus to just do the main quest, it breaks an open world game for me. Like yeah. in Fallout 4, why wouldn't every waking second be spent finding your kid? Yeah. Like there's no reason why you would be going off doing all the stuff yeah, for yeah. that. Um, yeah, yeah. the random factions and everything um, same in Mass Effect 3 it's like the world is ending why am I doing random tax side quests you could um, basically change it so that uh, <coughs> when you do your side quests if you haven't completed the main story it actually gives you your classic rewards you get for doing side quests mm. but also maybe a negative thing happened to your character right. so it's like you um you've wasted time, you've wasted an opportunity, so maybe, like, the trail goes cold, so it's harder in the main quest for you to do or achieve mm-hmm. this, or maybe the main quest quest rewards go down the longer you spend away mm-hmm, doing mm-hmm. other stuff. One thing that, because my thing is, like, I really love, I think Witcher 3, I think Geralt is a perfect open-world protagonist, because he's just an open-world, like, a supernatural bounty hunter, he can take on side quests, yes. he knows he wants to track down Siri, but he knows that she can handle herself, like, like he's, he's not, he's he doesn't need aloof, to get there. Yeah, his aloofness is basically, yeah. like, he's like, yeah, I could go there if I and wanted he, yeah, to. <laughs> <laughs> like, needs to make money so he would go do these side things and like I've put like 25 hours into Assassin's Creed Odyssey recently I just went back to that game and I'm just loving that thing like I love Cassandra she's a great character Um, and that game does what you just said where like if you're trying to solve like a certain um, get some information from three potential Mm -hmm. quests if you do that you go down one route it locks off the other stuff or it changes the dialogue in the other stuff um, so yeah, I think there's ways to um, reflect a player's agency over time, but it needs to be balanced with a story that doesn't need you to be in a place yeah. immediately, and then you bring it all together that way. A lot of developers just kind of lose sight of like of panicking and just being like, oh, let's just give everyone access to all of these sidequests yeah. all at once. Give them stuff to do because they will find <laughs> our game boring. Don't but put the I'm, game down. But unfortunately, I don't know about you, sometimes the bloat that comes with that, mm. I look at a map and if I see a million icons, I'm like... 
Oh, this like, is, I'm never going to get there. This has turned into that live service model we were talking about at the beginning of the mm-hmm. podcast, like where I just feel like this is a grind. This, well, it's like it if you tell like this, like you tell someone like, oh, watch this TV show. It's great. Like it's 500 hours long. It's like, I'm never going to get there. But if you go watch this first episode, it's half an hour. Yeah, then yeah, yeah. maybe eventually you'll get yeah. to the 500. Yeah, yeah. Like um, that's why, I mean, you were talking uh, talking about One Piece before we were recording. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what puts me off that because I know it's like this mammoth it's a thing. a thousand episodes But if I just plus, take the first like, step, maybe I'll eventually yeah, get yeah, there. Next question from Red Bear who says, loving the podcast. Thank you, very, Thank you much. very much. I'm now fully subscribed to Game Pass and PlayStation Plus Extra, both of which are great and give me access to loads of content. But do you feel like you're just downloading games and never completing anything? Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> we, we've, I think we've covered this before in a previous mm-hmm. podcast, but the way that I plan my games out now is I've, I've got my top five. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, I only have five games installed oh, yeah, you um, on uh, Steam and five on Game Pass. And if I am not playing that game mm-hmm. and I've completely lost interest... Get rid of it, download another one. So it keeps my game library really, really small. I'll keep so this question feel, tight because I yeah. I remember you mentioning that because yeah, yeah. I, I like really love the discipline of that because I just download everything I want. Like, I mean, I'm the buffet. I'm the, I live the, the, the dip life. Like yeah, I'll dip yeah, into yeah, a bunch yeah. of stuff and then see what sticks. Um, but yeah, we covered that on an older one, which I shouldn't have duplicated the question, but no, fine. gaming discipline is always good. Um, next question from Gaming with Greg, who says, you're going to the ultimate video game boss battle. Which song are you choosing to blast out to pump you up walking into it? Mine would have to be Gunshot to the Head of Trepidation oh. by Trip. Oh, okay. banger. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, that like most of ascendancy is a bit, yeah. of, a bit of a stormer, isn't it? Oh, dude. So it, so it can be any song, not video game related. Uh, yeah, which song would you choose to blast out to pump you up? Do you know what? Um, because I've been playing a lot of Sifu, mm-hmm. I've got actually gone oh, back through it again, game. and I managed to, uh, I've downloaded a load of mods to it, nice. so now I'm playing as uh, Neo against a ton of Agent Smiths, <laughs> and I've even got like a colour filter, so it filters it green. Oh, it cool. is amazing yeah. fun doing it like that. Sifu's um, such a tight game, man. You can I even get it. a randomizer for it now. So but you can add in like even bosses into your main gate. It's so difficult. Oh though. my god! If they, if you, oh my god! If they did a Matrix game that played like Sifu, but any one NPC could mutate into, into an that. agent, kind of like into the Matrix. That'd be sick. That'd be amazing. Um, like in Mass Effect, when the collector leaves, yeah. suddenly like beams in. And it's like, and you're like, oh. Damn. I remember like all the previews for Enter the Matrix back in the day said that that was how it was going to be. That it you never just did. no, never did. you just like be in a combat scenario, and at any point someone could just like morph into an agent. Yeah. And I was like, that sounds so cool, and they just didn't do it. Like, why doesn't that happen more? The collector thing is a really good comparison for. But it. Like, I think that in terms of the music, you know, when you get to the club scene and it has that beautifully yeah. pumping soundtrack going through, and you are just like beating people up, like yeah, like I would go for something like that, where it's like repetitive but hard hitting, so that I can just pump myself and keep myself in the zone, like something maybe out of the hot. Miami soundtrack, the one that goes out, the moon, I think it's called. I think it's one of the ones by Moon. Yeah, yeah that's like a hotline I, one. I just go, I would just go for something like that yeah. where I go in because as great as metal is and as powerful as it is, it's you want something to it's, keep you sharp. It's the chorus that right. really hits you for uh, that thing because let's face it, metal verses aren't really there to like stimulate you. It's the chorus that really yeah, gets you pumped. Yeah, yeah. But you can't have chorus for 10 hours unless you're doing EDM <laughs> style stuff where it is like really heavy oh, that's all why I love Sifu so much yeah because yeah, I mean I, I miss or I want more of things like what you said that scene in Sifu where it's just like big thumping synth yeah, tune with yeah. just head kicking I've mentioned head kicking a lot <laughs> yeah. in this podcast but I just want more head kicking in my games um, my song would just be um, Electric Callboys You've Got The Moves yeah. that's just such a stupid over the top song at the minute if, you, if you've not listened to Electric Callboy yet yeah. go check them out um, that's what's in my head at the minute that's a big dumb song <laughs> um, that would fit. Final question from Ben Kratos Sagara, who says, Mistwalker Studios made a beautiful game called Lost Odyssey, one of their early projects, and it's stunning. Do you play Lost Odyssey? The um, one for the Xbox 360. Yeah, it was only four yeah. discs. That is I, a phenomenal game. Mm. You're not a fan. I 
am very mixed on this one. Really? Because I <laughs> thought that this was going to be... Well, they marketed it as being like, this is the Final Fantasy for the uh, Xbox 360. Yeah, yeah. And I totally, like, expected that. I'm sure I'm it was by about, the Final Fantasy creator. Yeah, it was. And it, like, has a great premise. Uh-huh. It has a great uh, set of characters, uh-huh. for the most part. It has a pretty decent combat system. Oh, I love the combat But I just felt like I didn't ever fully click. It never really, really? moved into full gear with me. Oh. And it's because I think that there was one or two characters that really annoyed me. I think that there's these, the, the child characters in there. I, can't I mean, I've not played it since like 2006 or whatever. I but. don't know. There was a few bits where it was just kind of like, they were constantly like, you can't remember, can you? You've got amnesia. And it's like, I know it is mean to remind somebody of a condition that they have no control over. Like that, Stop uh, telling me I can't remember stuff. That cat in um, Persona 5. Just, oh, Morgana. I hate Morgana oh, so man. much. See, oh, I F like that, that thing, dude. I hate that cat. Because it's like, I just want to go outside. I've got this one thing left to do, Morgana. Can I just go and do this one quest? No, you've got to go to bed. Just uh, go, go to bed now. Sleep. Just go, go to sleep. sleep. Oh, oh God, nah, I hate that thing. I hate that it speaks for you. I hate that it says the wrong things. It misrepresents what I want to do. It yeah, gets yeah, in the yeah. way of me. I despise it. Stupid cat. And I'm a cat person. But like, <laughs> yeah, but in terms of Lost Odyssey, uh, okay, the actual question was, yeah, yeah, yeah. what other studio with a very short history put out an absolute killer game out of nowhere? I guess we couldn't have Sleeping Dogs, but that could have been one of them. But for Lost Odyssey, though, I loved, he plays that dude, Calm or Kame, it's like K-A-I-M. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the dialogue bits, the, the text bits that you would find where it was like their memories. Yeah, they're, they're I thought they were incredible be well written mm. and it's like because he's immortal so it's like but he also can't remember anything yes. so he's lived like a thousand lives but yeah. he doesn't remember any of them yeah. so you're finding like remnants of people he's touched or talked to and I'm sure one of the text entries is that you find um, he lived a whole life with a family yeah, and then and they, they slowly died and he realised he couldn't or something yeah, and I was yeah. like that's that's really really well I love that stuff it's it was really well done um, but yeah combat wise it is just turn based 101 yeah, yeah, with yeah. the Final Fantasy 8 hit the button at the right time I, I don't know it, it was just like it there was it had all the right elements but I just felt that it lacked a little bit of the passion mm. to get me through that but I, I, I totally understand that people really like this game it just mm-hmm. wasn't what I was thinking that's fair I think it, yeah I think and I wish they would like put it out on, on Series X or something I would love yeah. to at least go back to it for a little bit the problem is the question that we've got mm. which is uh, uh, like a banging game that um, I've got a hell of a show Only one d- the developer did and then disappeared. Yep. I can't remember the, the it's, enough it's developer hard. names. I, I, I just thought of um, my shout for this would be Polytron, which was Phil Fish's company for okay. Fez. Because yeah, yeah, he yeah. did one game, yeah. um, which I know was a whole mess of stuff. Phil Fish said some stupid stuff in regards to the quality yeah. of Japanese games. One of the many things that made people just go F this guy or yeah. whatever. But still, dude made Fez um, or helped make Fez alongside other people at Polytron. Um, and so that game was like that part of that initial early 2010s indie rush of like, look how awesome this other like tier of development can be. Yeah. Fez is still a phenomenal game yeah, like yeah. 2D side scroller that is actually rendered in 3D mm-hmm. and you can rotate the mm-hmm. camera and whatever um, it's really cool so my shout would be Fez um, but it depends if you have any other shouts you can join me in the in the Phil Fish it's, wa- wagon it's just the case to. of like I'm thinking of loads of games that came out that I like but I have no idea if it like the developer did them mm. and then disappeared afterwards mm-hmm. um, I mean I will always miss Pandemic who made the original yeah, Star yeah. Wars Battlefront uh, games there's Visceral the, as well I mean I know that they were going for a little what, Raven I mean the mm. thing is like I, I think of like Portion of dev time like Ravens had like this whole run towards the I guess the twenty the 2000s where they had the X-Men Legends games and that um, Singularity I will yeah. always shout out Singularity it's like the Titanfall 2 of its time this really really cool first person shooter mystery thing mm-hmm. that's like narrative driven it's like Bioshock um, with a timey-wimey plot where you're going back and forward in time you don't realise what you're changing in the past is affecting yeah, the yeah, future yeah. that game is so tight and it's not available anywhere and it was just phenomenal and that was Raven um, and so they before they got consumed by the Call of Duty machine so I kind of think of like Windows like that 
that. Yeah. Um, like Visceral as well, like Dead Space. And I guess everything. you could count like Clover Studios before they became um, uh, Platinum Games. Like yes. when they did like the Beautiful Joe stuff and things like that. Like That's absolute, a shout. absolute yeah. bangers that came out. And mm. then it was just like, bye. Okay, like, <laughs> yeah, see, ya, see ya. We're going to be absorbed into Platinum Games now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that it's the, it makes me think of that Blade Runner quote where it's like, you, you did shine so, uh, so brightly, Roy, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. you managed to get like so many things out there for yeah. a certain amount of time. Um, but yes, massive thank you to everybody for sending in their various questions. We managed to get through more than one. That's good we for us. Did, we did That's all right. Very good. And um, we've got some more to carry over, but we'll do a fresh batch next week. We might even do another in-person podcast in two weeks' time. Yes, because I'll be back because you might be around again. again. Yes. So we'll see how it goes. But massive thank you to everybody for sending in their questions. For now, this has been the Untitled Banner Podcast, the UBP, the UBP, UBP, the UBP. I've been Scott Tailford. You've been Jules Gill. I have indeed. And remember, check in next Thursday for your chance to ask your questions for us, gaming-related or otherwise, over yes. on Twitter. I'm at RetroJ with a zero, and Scott is at slash LP89. Be beautiful. We'll catch you all next time. Bye. Bye. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.